hello and welcome to the original, I mean, the Generation Zennial podcast. We are Keith and Vinny. Hey, hey Vinny. It's it's another Friday, June 18th, the day before Juneteenth. Although apparently, by the way, it went into law so fast that federal employees have today off. Do they? Yeah, I I read that this morning because he signed it into law yesterday, but it took place immediately. It wasn't like we're going to sign into law and it happens next year. It was... He signed it into law, and then federal employees had today off. Yeah, where I work, we uh, we plan for a day off, but not all school districts had planned for it because um, New York State passed it as a holiday sometime last year. Well, but, my son's school district already has the years over. <laughs> so there's no, no more school. No more school. He's downstairs playing Breath of the Wild, Good for him. assuming he's done with his donut. I don't know if you've heard this, but... There's I've heard lots of, of things. That's true. But this in particular. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of pushback against the, the Juneteenth holiday. and not. I your, have too. Not from your stereotypical conservative. I'm not talking about those. No, the, it's, you know, it's, been from, it's been from the black community. Yeah, a little bit. Like, it's a little, cause they feel like it's a little bit of pandering. Um, right, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I had but, thoughts about that. Well, I had quite... I don't know if they're thoughts, thoughts, but like questions or... So, because I'm always a person that, like, whenever something like this happens, I always try to see all sides of the equation. Because, first of all, you know, clearly as a, again, as a cis white male, Juneteenth doesn't personally affect me as um, the history of my family. We were, you know, we came over in the early 20th century, so we have nothing to do with slave ownership before that. My ancestors are not slaves, so, like, personally, it doesn't, like, personally, personally affect me. So I, I don't have any skin in the game to say. That was a bad phrase, sorry. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, that was kind of... If you break <laughs> that down, that's not the... I said, as I said that, that was the wrong way to say it. But, but, but you know what I mean. But I know, I, we know what you're I, I, it's, I, It doesn't... And so when I'm hearing it going through and like, oh, Juneteenth, they're going to recognize it. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like, that's a great idea. You know, we should recognize it. And it's, it's been actually been something that's been being pushed forward for a number of years. It's just that it happens recently that it's finally gotten that. Well, last, if you remember, Donald, Donald, Trump, Donald Trump put it into prominence last year when he had, right. had a rally on June 19th in Tulsa, mm. Oklahoma. And apparently, according to him, no one's ever heard of this before. But yeah. he did a really good thing by, by, by trying to hold this rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on June No one's ever heard of Juneteenth except for everyone that was affected by it, you know, just to... I mean, it's 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 been recognized in in other places in other states. But but to be so, fair, uh, in, in the south. But but to be fair, I never really heard about it until the last couple of years. No, it's either. not something that you was know? talked about that much in in the north. It wasn't um, it wasn't part of our um, history books. Even you know, we did a whole half a year in fifth grade on slavery, and it, it was never any, nothing that was. Well, ever we'll get into up. education in a bit, but yeah. So. But I, I, I see the pushback things. I'm, I'm just like scrolling through TikTok and I see like people coming up and like, you know, what they really want, you know, is still reparations and things like that. And I'm like, okay, I get that. I, I get, I get what they're saying. Like, it, okay. part of it just feels like, hey, we're gonna do the big easy shiny thing to show that we support you, but until there's real structural change, it means nothing. That's what liberals are great at, right? Liberals, liberals are always good at performative, right? Performative legislation. Actions. Yeah, performative legislation. Meanwhile, you know, voting rights are getting gutted across the country. 
right. and we can't come to a, a conclusion federally about 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 voting about rights. voter right access voter rights yep and honestly i i'm a little bit worried if they do pass um legislation for voting rights that the states are going to push back and go to the supreme court and make it a states rights states rights issue. Issue and, and see where that yeah. goes because um yeah, no, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I, I will be honest. Yeah. I don't know what the law says, says about this, but because I know states-wise, local elections they can make their own laws. But what about federal elections? Do they still have to file federal rules for federal elections, or is there a middle ground? I don't. I don't honestly don't know. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Every state kind of has their own um, way of. Handling elections. Ha- handling elections and, and appointing delegates, right? Uh, I mean, you even have states that don't have necessarily elections like we're, we're used to them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm hoping, so, you know, one of the things that they're trying to uh, legislatively in the, in, in the federal government is talking about outlawing uh, partisan gerrymandering. That's part yeah, of the, I mean, that's, that's part of voter that's, rights bill. That's a huge um, issue that needs to be dealt with. Because um, I think if we start, even if you just start there, that changes a lot. Not saying oh, yeah, that's the only thing you should do, but you know, you start with uh, getting rid of the gerrymandering. Now all of a sudden, you have people that can, uh, you know, you know uh, rep- more equal representation per district versus doing this gerrymandering, which always favors one political party over the other because they're the ones that designed the lines and, and right. drew the districts in their favor. Yeah. And I think, I don't think anyone's ever going to be really happy with the way things are done because they're, they're, they're going to feel slighted in, in some way. Um, but I think what, it, would what, go, it would go a long way. I mean, we, I mean, I don't know how it is in Connecticut, but there are districts in New York that are just, the lines don't make any sense to anybody. They're like, how did, how did we come up with this? And, pretty obvious that people just you know sliced out right certain areas that vote one way over another way and in connecticut it's pretty much like this group of towns like you know one of my high school friends is a state representative and he represents east hartford manchester glastonbury it's just three towns that are next to each other and like that's like that to me is what makes sense for districting when you talk about political districts like Let's not draw lines through towns. Let's actually make this town, yeah, my, this town, this our, town. My, my congressional district, uh, New York 19, is is huge, number one. It, it, it encompasses, I think, like five different counties altogether. So that makes um, no sense. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's carved out in a way that kind of slices through a bunch of counties. And that's so, gerrymandering right there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it may, if, I don't understand why we can't just do things by like count, county lines. I understand there's probably a little bit of issue there with population and how to how to dealt, uh, slice that up kind of more evenly um well i mean that's that's a micro example of the greater like you know each state gets two senators no matter the population it's here here's because you know aside from you know the the metro area of new york and long island and and, and the you know the lower uh counties there every the rest of new york is very sparsely populated <laughs> Oh, especially when you compare it to New York City. I mean, I think New York City has a little over th- 3 million people. Right. And the state altogether might be like 6 million. And it's a, it's a big state. I don't, I don't, I'm talk, I don't know the exact numbers. And I don't but, but there's a lot of country out there. There's a lot of backwoods. There's a lot of, 
you know, my wife's there's, ankle, there is a lot but, of nothing in New York. There's a lot of places you drive through New York State, and like this is a lot of nothing when you, when you, especially when you get north of Albany. Yeah, my wife's uncle lives in upstate New York, and he has 30 acres of land. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, for himself and his girlfriend, and that they hunt on. Right. Basically, he has 30 acres, so he has a place to hunt. So that's but so going back to June. But you talk to, the, you talk to we, the Senate. I mean, the Senate is gerrymandered by by design. Um, right. Oh, totally. The idea was to you know to give the smaller states equal representation in the Senate. And, well, also don't forget when it when we originally when everybody talks about the founding, states. the first thirteen states weren't that vastly different. Not not to the not to the extent that they are now. I mean, we have what is it like three or four states that have less population than than DC. Yeah, we're talking, you know, when, when when all the that was written up, that was before any of the Indian territories, I hate to use the word, but that's what they refer that's to. What that's what they're called. That's fair. That's um, fair. We're, we're, um, we're part, even part of the th- equation. So, like, this is this is when, the, when we were still colonies and we decided to become states. And it was really also a way for, you know, this was part of the finagling that the um, – people designing the constitution got the other states on board because if you know not everyone was like yeah let's go be independent from britain they had to convince other states like why you know because these were all again you know wealthy white landowners that were really making these decisions still and you had to convince a certain population like hey we should we should succeed from britain and become our own country and you, you had to give them like, well, why should I do it? How am I, what am I going to get out of this? And so you had to promise like, well, you'll have this much representation. And then of course, as we grew as a country, those things just stay, no one changed them. And now here we are a couple hundred years later and we're like, crap, what kind of system did we create? Yeah. I would, I would like to see the States kind of contracted down a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously it's not going to happen. Who's good. Who's, Who's going to vote for that? <laughs> which which well, state? A, yeah, that's which state? Like I think we talked about this before. Like, what state is going to vote for less representation? Um, right. What 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 state is going to vote to merge with another state? Right. So. Anyway. Well, could, oh, you know, we could just divide California up into four states, and then they would have a lot of more representation. There you go. Maybe that's that's. I mean, that's 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 the. How about yeah? We we'll just divide up the, the very way, densely, right? densely either, populated states. We have to either add more states to to better serve and have better equal representation, or or we contract them, and no one's going to actually vote to contract them. So I think it, it right. would be easier to expand the number of states. Why not a, a, a North and South uh, California now? Or now we got four senators instead of two. Take that. Let's get and DC. Honestly, like Northern California, I think is pretty pretty evenly represented. From, yeah, you know, probably because it's really Southern California that's more liberal. Well, you have the you know Los Angeles is is, is ginormous. Yeah, Los Angeles is the size of more states. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, especially population wise. Yeah. So yeah, back to Juneteenth. Um, right. Got a little I, I, I still I think on on I still think it was the right thing to do to recognize it as a holiday. Because it is something it is a significant part of our history that we should know, and not only that, by making it a holiday, it forces people to be able to talk about it. Because we, we're everyone's talking about critical race theory and them trying to ban it in schools and all that stuff. Well, if you have a federal holiday, it's called Juneteenth. 
the kid's gonna go, what is Juneteenth? And now you have to talk about it. I have to talk about it. Yeah, that's that's another thing I kind of wanted to, to jump into, but um, I didn't want to get into it too early, but too late. Uh, this, whole, this whole critical race theory um, in education is getting, I, I don't know where their conversation's going, to be honest with you. You hear, um, first off, I want to start out with, this is this is the thing to look out for in, in the next couple of years, is um, conservatives bankrolling and, and, and funding like very local elections and school board elections. It seems like that's, that's, that's their next strategy is to, you know, get people into school boards who oppose learning about things like the impacts of slavery on the country or um, even like native American genocide, um, things like that, that they don't want people learning about for whatever reason. Um, well, they're trying to take back hold of the education system because really they had it before, and they still kind of do have it. Right, right? they we do. don't get a great. I mean, it's getting well, it's it is getting better. But we talk about this all the time. Like when we were kids, like we didn't learn about the impact of slavery. We learned about slavery. Um, we, you know, like you said, you had mm-hmm. you had a lesson on it. You had, you know, you had you, had, you talked about it. You still, slavery is bad. Yeah, that's we watched roots. Right. That, you know, that's a hot take, but what was, you know, we don't really talk about how it impacts us today. We don't, yeah, we don't talk about the lasting legacy where you can still see, you know, we, we talked about Jim Crow as a thing that happened, not as a thing that is happening. Right. And, and I, I've said, I don't know if I've said this to you before. Sometimes I feel like we should, we teach history the wrong way. And what I mean is instead of starting at the beginning of time and talking forward, we should start now and talk backwards. Look at what's happening now, and then look at the historical context that got us here. That would be a, that would be an interesting way to go about things. You know, because we always we the problem when they're always talking about from the past, it always seems like we're in the back, and we never can relate it to to the day. Well, I mean, we can, but it's harder to do that. Whereas if we start like, hey, you want to know about that thing over there? Okay, let's t- start that, and then let's start the timeline backwards from now to see how we got to that. I'd, I'd sign. I'd sign up for that. I think um, that's a good. I think that's a good idea. It's just Cause, a, yeah, it's a different that, that way of thinking about history, right? And it gives you, yeah, right. It gives you a little bit more perspective about because that's that's the easy that's the easy always the easy go to to dismiss things like this. It's like well, it was in the past. Right. It, hap- it happened years ago. Like we. Don't, but that's we only don't, three generations. We don't do that anymore, right? And yeah, people don't really realize how you know how time works. Because yeah, I mean you know, fifty years ago seems like a long time when you, when you're living in it, right? In the you know social evolution it's it's a, it's a snap right it's nothing i mean exactly and especially when you're talking about the legacy of um rights and wealth and um population mobility you know that that you look at you look over looking you know middle east and europe and look at the history of migration over centuries and you can see how that's created a legacy and now we look at America, only a couple hundred years old, and just see what the legacy of the t- Trail of Tears and slavery has put on us. Um, you know, forced education camps for Native Americans and things like that have create have have really changed the face of what this country is or could have been. I just don't know what conservatives are scared of when it comes to this kind of things like what what what's what's the dangers about learning about number one i don't think any conservative can actually articulate what critical race theory is i mean no. i'll be honest with you i have a hard i'm not an educator i i have a hard time kind of like 
putting it in words. I get the general idea about it. Well, anytime but... you, you know, as an educator, like we always think when we ever, whenever we throw the word critical in is really just, we're going to think critically about it. Right. But what does that mean? Right. So that means that mean? to talk that... about it and debate about it and have discussions about it, you know, and analyze it. That's what critical means. It just means to think about it. Instead of just sitting in a class and being taught, told about it, you're actually going to sit there and think about what they, you're going to have discussion, think about the impacts of it. You know, instead of just talking about slavery, we're going to talk about the impacts of slavery and how that affects us today and things like that. See, so that's the, what, when I hear critical, that's what I think about. Right. And the, and the argument against all this is basically like the schools are going to teach white people are bad. And it's like, no, that's not the that's not what we're doing. That's not what anybody's doing. Schools don't go around. I don't know any school that goes around going white, white people bad. Right. Um, you saw this with like the that Coca-Cola diversity training bit that, that that came out a couple of months ago, um, where something some 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 language in it said like they want their employees to be less white, and people got into an uproar without even like thinking about what that even means. You know, mm -hmm. it's basically just be a little more conscious of like race in general, right? Think about think about. Um, Think about who is next how race to you. affects people and, and how it's affected history and like, I mean, race shouldn't even be a thing, right? And that's <laughs> and that's that's the direction well, we need to go into. Like that's the goal, but at where we live, that's not that's not feasible because we need to recognize it. That's one of the that's one of the biggest outs. Like, I I I really get angry when I see people say still say, I don't see color. Well, that's just, technically, the term that's just race. You're ignoring, that's just saying you're ignoring the problem. The term race is a, a made-up term that was used for segregation and right, for and slavery and, and slavery you know, and demeaning of others. Which, so, because technically, if you think about race scientifically, we are all one race. The human race. There, I said the, human the cheesy race. The people. line. We, but we are, you know, no, scientifically yeah. speaking. Um, in fact, we're also part of Neanderthal. If you really think about it. Because Homo well, sapiens and Neanderthals, I mean, but yeah, well, um, I'm just saying Homo sapiens and Neanderthals lived alongside each other, and there is scientific evidence that there was um, intermingling of the species. So technically, so, we are a hybrid of two different species. Keith, God, God created man six thousand years ago in a garden. Five thousand. Sorry, five thousand. See, not even six thousand. So I don't know what you're talking about. You're right. It was in a garden in the Middle East, by the way. No, it was in America. No, it was definitely in the Middle East. <laughs> Somewhere in Utah, I believe. Um, no, I <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't John Smith. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start a new religion, all right? And just, man was created 20 years ago in Utah. <laughs> and, you know, and just it all just kind of spontaneously erupted. And all of our memories are actually um, implants from a higher being. Um, we're actually, it's like the Matrix, but it's, a, it's like a combination of the Matrix mm -hmm. and Total Recall. We're this is Zepho. We're all, it's like implanted memories in a, in a box somewhere. Did that's, you, that, that's you watch Star Trek, right? I haven't watched any like new Star Trek. No, but like but so I, Next Generation, there was uh, an episode where uh, Picard, there was a Klingon, there was a Romulan, I believe, possibly a Ferengi. Like they all I forgot how they, they, they were they were chasing down this thing and they, they got to this place. They were chasing down a message and when they got there, um, 
they were greeted by a, a message from an ancient civilization. And basically the crux of it was that there was another civilization that as they were dying out, spread their seed across the galaxy. And that was the life spark of all these other species. So like the Klingon, the humans, the Romulans, the Vulcans all come from this other species that died out a millennia ago, or actually like a million years ago. But that's, they, but they were, nice had the analogy. foresight of like set, spreading out their their DNA, and because of wherever it landed, it just adapted to the planets that it was on, and that's how we got the different species. But you know, really, we're all the same species, even though we're human and Klingon. But that's what Star Trek is always in about. It's like it doesn't matter what you are; you're all still working together. That's even the original Star Trek. Well, I miss, yeah, it's I miss like progressive have Star an, Trek. You have a, you, you know, you have the white people, the black people, the russians the japanese all on the same bridge and it was like during the cold war but that was huge and like you know then and, and the klingons were kind of an allegory for communists at the time and yeah i, I do kind of miss progressive star trek because i mean i haven't really watched any of the new the new stuff um but i have the movies the movies just became you know blockbuster well, they're, they're action, action they're action movies now and i was like oh this is boring. like no. one of my I, I one of my the most underrated star treks is, is undiscovered country i think that was really well done and how it explores like kirk's Kirk's bias and Kirk's racism against Klingons and yeah, um, you know, the way and his change, kinda had, he kind of has an arc there where, you know, he was angry because they killed his son and, you know, he <sighs> kind of realizes that we need to come together. Yep. As, 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 as just, I don't want to say people, but they, you know, they're not technically even people. They're, they're humans. They're just humanoids. I don't, I don't know. H- humanoids. But you know what I mean? We're, you know, we're just all sentient beings that need to yes, like, there live, you go, sentient that beings. Need to live in the same universe. And, and somehow, you know, not kill each other. That's basically what it comes down to. Is yeah, don't right. don't kill each other. That's, that's right. That the is hot, that's the that's the hot take. That's all right. that's that's the hot take of the day. No, I love how you brought up Undiscovered Country as the like the it's the it's the moral it's the moral arc of not even just Picard, not even just Kirk, but like the, even the entire crew because even like Bones has some derogatory comments that he says during during like the dinners. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's kind of like that that moral arc. You know, he's been his whole life fighting against the Klingon, and now he actually saves their life and and brings yeah, down back, it did, it did a fellow really Starfleet. Wrap, it really wrapped up the original cast really well. It did, and uh, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it just gets the credit. I mean, obviously, Wrath of Khan is still the best Star Trek movie probably oh, ever made. What? You don't like a Voyage Home? I do love a Voyage Home. That's another underrated. It's what are your thing. nuclear vessels? It's 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 a little different. It's, right? it's a little silly and funny. But, yes, I, think, but I I mean as well, a kid yeah. I, as a kid I loved the Voyage Home. Right, that was my well, that was probably my favorite movie as a kid. Definitely. I didn't, pre- I didn't appreciate the line until I was older to realize that like you had a, a Russian guy oh, yeah, with a yeah, Russian yeah, accent yeah. asking the, where the nuclear vessels are <laughs> near a nuclear, nuclear sub base during a Cold a War, and I'm like, this is just why <laughs> just did I not? Yeah, well, 19, I nuclear vessels. 1988 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's just before the Cold War ended. That's that. I think that's what ended it. Gorbachev saw that and was like, you know what? That's no, fine. Ronald, Ronald Reagan ended the Cold <laughs> War. Don't you remember? He said, tear down the wall. And the next thing you know, the wall was down you know, three years later. Mr. Gorbachev, <laughs> tear down this wall. That's a little bit of, it's like, just speaking of history, that's that's a little bit of revisionist history. Conservatives like to throw out there that, that, Ronald Reagan single-handedly ended the Cold War and tore down the Berlin Wall with his bare hands. Um, I, I swear, like in like in like three hundred years, if if they have their way, that's that's going to be in textbooks. Ronald Reagan did more to damage this country 
Ronald Reagan is the worst president in the history of the United States of America. In I retrospect, will... is totally true. Like, like, and people, I know, and then, you know, people praise his, you know, worship the ground he walked on for so long. And I think a lot more people, as you look back, realize how damaging his policies are. He was so popular too. That I think that's what people forget. And that's that's the there's goat because he was a movie star, celebrity and a president was, doesn't work. He was definitely a cult of personality, and you know, you know cons- conservatives and, and ortho- or authoritarians in general. Love I love how, personalities. You, you ever notice that, like, on the conservative side, you can have a movie star or a reality sh- show star become president and they love them. But anytime some liberal actor or musician speaks up to, like, why well, I'm not listening to no musician or no actor, go back and make your movies. But it's like Clint Eastwood gets up and speaks to an empty chair on stage and he gets rounding applause. Yeah, I always feel like. You know, pointing out hypocr- hypocrisy in politics is such as a low-hanging fruit. I know. I'm sorry. It's, 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 no, no, no. It's fine. Oh, I, get, I, I totally get it because it, it, it happens all the time. Um, but it, 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 for me, it's just at this point, it's just like it's it's boring. I'm sorry. It's just like, it's like hypocrisy is just – it's rampant. All And you can – and people just make up hypocrisy at this point, right? People, people, will, people will bend backwards, like do mental gymnastics just, just to come up with some kind of like – false hypocrisy to call things out on things and right it's like, it, it, it starts to really bother me it's, it's like this is not this is not how productive conversations work like it's <laughs> so yeah so there's that so there's that um speak, speaking of history too um i just wanted to mention i don't really know how much to say about it i just kind of want to bring a little bit of awareness to it that there you know um we've, we found three mass graves in in schools in canada Oh yeah, I heard Not about really that last in, week. It's, no one's really seems to be talking about it that much. I, I heard it on NPR. The NPR talked America about it because we don't care about other countries at all. Like it doesn't. We, yeah, but you know what? That goes back to the same thing I was talking about with the forced education camps of Native Americans, because that's part of that legacy. Yes. That's directly part of that, because that was those were all Native American reeducation camps. Yeah. I call them and camps. I don't, I don't know schools. If they learn, I don't know if they learn about it in Canada, um, but it's not something that we. You know, talk about it all. I did not learn about it until grad school. I was taking yeah, a multicultural I mean, I I, education I, I, class in grad school. This is the first time school. I'm hearing about it. It was when they found was was uh, you know I think it was last month they found the first math grave with like over 200 kids in it. It's just like wow, what, no, like nobody talked about this. And this is just like so. So for it, those that don't know what's go- what we're talking about, right? Because you might not even know if you don't. Yeah. Know. So because like I said, I didn't learn about it until I went to grad school for my master's in education, and we had to take a multicultural course, and we learned about. Um, basically this is 1800s, early 1900s. You had the U S government. The first one opened in, um, the 1880s. 18, okay. So Sorry. yeah, late 1800s. So you had, they would try to basically, first of all, on besides the whole trail of tears stuff and putting them on lands that weren't theirs and, and made them like, here's your new tribe and here's your new land. Um, they were also weren't allowed to do like any traditional tribal dances, prayers, or anything like that. They were trying to, in their words, it's the old guess, assimilation argument. Isn't yeah, they're they're trying to de, you know, they're trying to humanize them, quote unquote. But they also would take the children from their parents and bring them to a education school where they were, you know, dressed as Anglo's, and they cut their hair. They couldn't do any of their dances. And basically, they, they were not allowed to speak their native language. They had to learn English. And, and they were forced to, to be, yeah, they, they were forced to be assimilated 
into the Anglo culture of America and lose all their native heritage. And Just that's where these includes Catholicism. You know, it, uh, was it Catholic? No, it was, it was more Protestant. I think. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Catholics. Well, it, it, these were Catholic schools that they were oh, that they were oh, forced into. Not not all of them in America. They weren't. America no, 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 okay. I'm talking. About, I'm talking. About, I'm still talking. I'm okay. still in Canada. Sorry, I I just know more about the American one because okay. they were they're government run schools. I know you got. I know you got to support your pope, but no. Well, I, I, <laughs> it's more that in America, Catholicism was actually not very mainstream for most of its history. Right. It was I mean, more. We, it's a more, we more Protestant a president until John F. Kennedy. I, I right, you. and that was a and that was a big deal. It's like that was like. Oh yeah, he had to almost. go to the priest and be like, oh no, you know. I'm, Definitely not having sex with Marilyn Monroe. I don't know, I don't know but, <laughs> <laughs> but so that that's what that's where these graves are found in camp in schools like this. So in Canada, they found these mass graves, and now think about all the parents that never know what happened to their kids. You know, yeah, they, I mean, they did basically told. told their you know the children ran away or you know something you know an accident happened or, or they don't want to come back just, or... just disappeared or, yeah or they're they're not coming back. And then, you know, it turns out that, no, um, these schools basically tortured and starved. And and when they passed away, they just threw them in a, in a mass grave in the school. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an atrocity that needs needs a little bit more recognition. Yeah. I bring up the Pope just because, you know, he did make a statement. Um, but it was kind of like a, a little wishy-washy. Um, it was a while ago. It was, it was a while ago now, so I don't remember the exact words. But I do remember it being just... A little bit, you know, almost apologizing, but not really taking responsibility. And I think that is because, you know, he doesn't want the some lawsuits coming against the church because, you know, you got to you got to protect it. If he starts, you know, if he starts admitting culpability um, from, from, you know, from the Catholic Church, then, you know, then some like legal repercussions might come out of it. And I think they don't you know, they don't want any piece of that, obviously. Well, there's also the fact that. There's a chance he has no idea about that until they were discovered as well. well no, I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying the Pope knew well, that there was mass graves in the. Well, but, what I'm saying is like, in, in that but regard, still, they it, were still committed it, by the, you know, they were committed by, by the Catholic Church, basically. the Catholic Church. However, you know, if you think about the hierarchy of it, yeah, they're still they reported back to the Pope and said, "Oh yeah, we're killing." You know, so we're burying they might not have no idea. And there's no record back in the Vatican of these things happening. But so it could be a completely leader, local. As, as the ultimate leader of the church, I think he, you know, he'd, yeah, a little bit uh, of a little bit I'm of responsibility saying. taken would be would be nice from from the head of the church. I'm just saying. Well, well, my point is, no matter what kind of organization is, I'm the leader. I'm the president of university. I'm a, I'm a coach of a baseball team. Whatever it is, something happens that's below me, but I had no idea about. I make a statement first. That's a blanket statement, and then want to find out more information about it before saying more. Like I hope, I I, well, I hope, I hope more comes out, let's be honest. That, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, you know, if I'm the leader of something or, and it's my responsibility to speak out about it, but it's news to me as well, I can't speak a lot to it until I know more information. And I think that's, we always want to know right away everything. It's, it's just like, you know, a, a, a yeah, shooting happens somewhere. I don't think an apology, I don't think an, like an apology is out of, the, out of the question, right? <laughs> I don't think that's going too far. Like, I honestly like, don't know what the statement is. I didn't hear a statement, yeah, so I can't no, speak to no, it. I don't. You know, I don't, I don't want to get anything wrong. So, but I do remember just being a little bit wishy-washy. And it was like one of those one of those statements that's just like short of an apology, like short of like showing any culpability um, for the actions of the church. Which you know, I remember is, this pope but... also. This pope was also the one that said that God is not a magician with a magic wand. <laughs> it's a weird pope. Don't forget that. 
it's a, it's it's so weird how like cause he's also the first non-anglo pope yeah and it's also like i mean he's he's considered progressive but it's still like progressive for a pope so it's <laughs> it's a know, step it's, in the right direction it, it, yeah it's like one of those things like it's, you're doing okay <laughs> it's, it's like you're doing better it's like when it's like when i talk about like corporations being being like woke corporations it's like okay you know, like you're making a step but you know it's it's yeah, there's a lot a more step? steps to go yeah it's a lot more steps to go and you know are you making these steps just because you know culture is changing a little bit and you need to kind of recognize that you need to be a little more inclusive with your with your language and your and your idea and your ideologies well since we're talking about the catholic church let's talk about foster kids yes because um because i know you want to talk about that i did want to just mention that it's apparently and i got feels i got things con- yeah it's it's constitutionally acceptable it's 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 basically the, the law that um yeah catholic uh, institutions can can ban um lgbtq people from um having uh, having custody of foster kids basically um through, yeah, through their organization through their organization um the case was in the supreme court philadelphia you know there's a there's an organization that was like no we don't we don't want to be able we don't want to let these people have um custody of, of children uh philadelphia was basically like uh, no you kind of you kind of have to if you want to be part of this program and they're like no it's against our religion and it went to the supreme court and unanimously yeah. like this isn't like a conservative uh you right. know conservative liberal thing it's it's it was it was basically the con they, they all said that the constitution allows for this discrimination and that's the way i see it so thoughts so thoughts one on the supreme court side um I would think that the reason why it was unanimous was more that they were looking at a religious rights religious yeah. rights case more than anything else, regardless of what the circumstances were. Yeah, no, I, 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 no, I agree with that. that. I didn't, here's the. Th- I'm sorry. I'm uh, more morally on the Catholic Church side, shut the f up. Let kids have a home. Because first of all, it's not banned by the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has said that. There is nothing, you know, they haven't gone full on, yes, you can get married, but they also said it's no longer a sin to, you know, they're like, to they, exist. They, <laughs> you, you can, you can be gay. It's not a sin. There's a lot of wishy-washy in it, but still, you know, especially with it, like I said, with the current Pope, there's been a lot of like more progressive talk about LGBTQ+. Plus. Well, we've also talked about how like, the you know, churches are dying across not only this country but across the world um this is the reason why to do with them excluding large <laughs> right. groups of people um but so but yeah, you know I what mean, have, you I look at no... the more i'm looking at the moralistic standing of like you're going to you have two people that are probably especially if you're you know I, if you're looking at taking foster kids like they're looking at taking foster very, kids that's a noble that's a noble forget pursuit. what their what forget what their orientation is let's talk about can they financially support them are, do they have criminal backgrounds? Are they good people? Are they good like, people? Yeah. If they're good, loving people that want to take in a child that needs a home, let them take the child in. These yeah. kids need homes. And I don't care what what you're – just no. Just let them have a home. It's more it, – that's the moral higher ground versus letting them live in some giant foster care system that ha, where they don't have love. Like if, if – I always go like if you are really a true believer of the teachings of Jesus Christ, 
which you should be if you're a Christian, then you should put love first before everything else. And if love is the first thing, if, if there's a loving, supportive thing and it's going to bring love to that person, then that is the thing you should do. Discriminate, you know, people always talk about this stuff, like, especially when, like, there's there's the, the clapbacks on social media. is like, you know, yeah, Jesus never said, you know, don't give home to the refugee and, you know, throw out the hungry person. They, they, he brought everyone in. He was the friends with everybody. So if that's what the teachings you believe, then check yourself and give a home to these kids that need a home. So it's Church of Philadelphia. To be you know, that's, that's... They shouldn't be bigoted. But like, you know, but the this Catholic Church, I, I've had a struggle with this as being a Catholic. The Catholic Church has had a long history of being dicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, Spanish Inquisition, Crusades, the... the the schools up in Canada. There's a reason, kind of like, there's a reason that they're, being they're, left-handed. There's a reason that they're so powerful, right? I mean, it's because they they did a lot of things to to keep um, their power and, and wealth and. No, that they they were very good at assimilating local cultures into their religion. <laughs> I think you mean genociding. No, no, no. Um, I meant like so. Look at the Celtic cross. The Celtic okay, cross okay. is a combination. The Celtic cross is a combination of their native religion and the Christian cross that they use to bring together to convert people from the religion in Ireland to being Catholic. Yes. So they they have a long history of going into a new place and learning about their traditions. That's why Christmas is when Christmas. Is. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, because we aligned it with the pagan ritual. I hate using the word pagan. Pagan just in the old tongue just means not Catholic. If you really think about it. So, cause, cause a pagan always has like this evil connotation. It's like, no, it's not. It's just a different religion. I so yeah, I don't take it as evil. But like growing yeah. up, that was the connotation that we gave it. There's even like a, Oh, what movie was that? It's a comedy with Bill Murray. No, no, with a uh, Dan Aykroyd. Right that. Yeah, Dragnet, thank you. Oh, it was a bunch a good, of pagans a dancing movie. around. That's a good movie. I haven't watched that. Oh, God. I, mean, I, I should watch Dragnet. But that's, I, wonder that, I wonder if that's still a good movie. I wonder how that age. Right? I remember watching that on cable a lot. We should do a watch-along one time. I always love that movie. We should do a watch-along one these days. But, but that's my point. It's like they, they were very good at going to different areas, finding out oh, what yeah, the culture and is, and then adopting cultures. it and simulating not only, cultures. Yeah, not only their 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 pension for genociding people who didn't you know convert, but yeah, also along with that is is taking other different uh, religions and, and cultures and and kind of putting it into their um, ideologies and religions. And Even so much as like aligning the calendar of the religion to meet other cultures, right? You know, because so, because yeah, historically, uh, any any biblical historian will tell you, realistically, the birthday of Jesus is either June is uh, June something. Because if you're going by the biblical stories of where the star in this is in the sky, that lines up with June, not December. Do you think Jesus was a real person? I mean, you probably do because you're Catholic. But <laughs> I just, as an atheist, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I, you know, it's totally possible, but not convinced. Does it really matter in the long run? No. Well, that's but, and that's what I was gonna. Bet. So, do I believe Jesus was a real person? That is always a great question because I have hemmed and hawed about this over the years. I would like to believe that he was a real person, but like you said, in the long run, the reality of a person existing versus the important teachings are not the same thing. 
I'll give you that. I mean, yeah, because the teachings kind of trump whether or not he was he was. Be, and, or if he actually existed, it doesn't really take away from. It doesn't diminish. Because again, if you go, you if you if you do religious that. history stuff, you know, you can find there's other variations of the same. You know, there, there's parallel teachings in other religions. So it's okay. Was it? just this one religion was it really just copying something else was it really just everyone talking about the same thing but in different ways so you, you gotta look at it that way you know even um like i have jewish friends that they believe jesus was a real person just he's not the messiah he's a prophet so right. you know so it's it's differently how you look at it i i always just go back to the really what the core message is and that's you know love thy neighbor as thyself is really how you should be living your life. Yeah, um, and I've always said there's, you know, there's definitely, you know, there's, there's not much wrong finding that I can find with actually with Jesus's teachings, right? I, that's not that's not. Well, and that's and that's that's really when it comes to religion. It's it's how people misinterpret them. And it's how people or, we, or, mis weapon, yeah, or weaponize, or, weaponize or or how they really weaponize the Old Testament in particular, because that's really where most people get like the leviticus stuff right leviticus leviticus is really a book of rules for the culture and it was really yeah, a way also, to keep up people online but they always go we seem you know, to have no problem picking and choosing exactly um, which which verses we we we, we want to follow and not only that what the verses that we're choosing are a not a direct translation from the original text that's another it's a double too. translation it's a it's a hebrew to greek to english translation so some of the words are not exact. So when even the line "man shall not lie with another man" is actually more about pedophilia than homosexuality. Right. I've heard um, that. Um, yeah, it's like you know. And then putting, like two lines later, it translate, says, and then putting something else, yeah, in, in translating that into Google Translate, you're not going to get the original message is going to get um, misconstrued somewhere in there. But like a couple of lines later, it's like you know, you shall not cut the hair on your face, you shall not eat shrimp. You know, it's like. All these things are in Leviticus, but I you know, they, they, they only want to choose the things that they're you know, they that they're a trend where like people who ate shrimp probably you know weren't cooking it properly and well, that's why they that's, got diseases. Well, the shrimp so different. So the pork thing, I believe, is that because people weren't eating pork enough, and you know, without good food culture, you know, not properly cooked or thoroughly cooked pork can have worms in it and cause disease less problem these days because we have better uh, inspection the shrimp stuff from what i've heard from speaking with other people is more because they just don't eat bottom feeders because they eat garbage so shrimp and crustaceans are bottom feeders so well, it's more think, ethical uh, thing yeah, maybe but because you can eat like, raw shrimp that's true you know you not don't have to call refrigerated shrimp. though <laughs> yeah but if it's right out of the ocean yeah, I guess if you just take it right, right yeah, out. Yeah, I think but, it was more. I think it was more of a cultural. You know, it's a, it's a it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, I mean, we all know that the you know, the whole "Don't eat meat on Fridays" deal was because they wanted to promote fishermen. <laughs> I I've been saying that for years. It's like <laughs> look, is, at, look so where the religion, religion is that people you know people recognize the the, the the flaws in humanity's bastardization that's a weird word just but you know um manipulation of religion to 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 fit the times and you know still but still at the core like so many people still have like that faith which is something that just like i mean just it's not me i don't know i just it's not 
It's not how I think. I, 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 I get it to a certain extent. Um, I think I think I some I people need it. I, it must be really hard to to reckon. I, I don't know if you can maybe speak to this because well, is it really is it is it difficult sometimes to reconcile that 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 the idea that you know that religion has been has been transformed and you know the, the, the supposed word of God has been manipulated and 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 weaponized and 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 done you know by man, but still to still have that faith that you know you're going to go to heaven someday because God because Jesus died on the cross, like, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is going to get deep, but it's going to, so it's, it's, it's a weird, um, but this is where we went. Yeah, is it hard to reconcile that? It's always hard to reconcile that, especially as you become more educated and learn things that other people might not. So for first, I'm going to speak on people that, you know, you talk about like, I don't understand people that just have faith. I think for some people they have to have faith or else it's hard for them to get through the next day. Um, like they, so for some people, like to know there's something greater than them is a helpful thing for them to move forward. It's it's something that props them up and helps them out with their day-to-day life. So for some people, it is almost a necessity. It's a crutch for them. And, well, I won't say crutch, but it's, it is it is a support group for them in life. And you can see some people, like, they, they do absolutely great with it. And it helps them, you know, if, if they were to, like, all of a sudden find out it was untrue, it would destroy them. Um, well, you never, that's the thing too. You're never going to find out that it's untrue because it's, it's not, not until <laughs> there's only one and way I, to this, find out. This is, what I'll, come, this, this, is what I'll, this is what I'll speak to. Um, what's, what's the hardest thing for me? And this is, this is the ego of humanity, right? This is the ego of man. Um, is that to, to think that we exist just for the sole purpose of existing on this earth for, you know, whatever your life is. And then it's, then there's emptiness. That's something that's very hard to psychologically um, get your right. mind around, and I think that's where a lot of it comes in because you you can't you can't I mean it's impossible to really imagine nothingness, right? Right. You want to people want to believe that there's something more afterwards and not that we're just done when we're done. Yeah, it's that's something that, and I think that's the biggest and, thing. And they want to believe for, that for they're going to meet they're going to meet their relatives in the afterlife and be reunited, and that's a beautiful thought and. I hope that's, you know, it's like, I hope that's true because be that nice. would be beautiful. <laughs> it wouldn't, you know, um, but it, the I alternative won't be is nothingness and then you don't know either way. So and I wouldn't be disappointed because I can't be because it's done. Right. Um, um, but, I, oh, I forget the mathematician. There was a mathematician that was like. Pascal's wager, is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Where it's like, it's better to get, you know, better to bet on the fact that there is a God than not. Because if you're, if there is and you're wrong, then you lost. But if there isn't and you but if it's the other way around, you win either. Right, way. I would I would argue that you still might have lost a lot um, in the short time that you have. That's that's the that's the antithesis to Pascal's wager is that well, right in the short time that you have on Earth, if you dedicated that to, um, you know, who's who's doing yard work at this time uh, of day? I, don't well, I think it's been, it depends is on that, how, is that your neighborhood or my neighborhood? No, that's that's your neighborhood. I think it depends on how you dedicate though, because again, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, that, if, that if, too. If you decide to be, not to put put myself on a pedestal, but kind of do it like I do it, where it's like, it's part of my life, but it doesn't consume my life. And I look at the positive teachings and just try to be nice to each other and do what I can to help other people out. Then on a whole, we'd all be better. It's it's where you have the weaponization of it, where you have the evangelicals that are, you know, very, you know, they're trying to 
control how other people live their lives based on what they believe, where you have extremists of any kind, um, of any religion. I'm not, I don't want to point one out in particular, but you know, anything, anyone that takes it to the extreme where they're again, manipulating and weaponizing certain readings to put forward their beliefs and ideal ideologies into the world. That's where for millennia we've had conflict and war and oppression because people weaponize the word of God and bastardize it, frankly. Right, because I mean, there's no um, there's no higher authority than God, right? Right. So if you if you have God on your side, that you you can basically get away with anything. I mean, the during the Crusades, the Pope basically said, if you go fight in the Crusades, you're absolved of your sins. You can do whatever you want. And that's so why, that's why they raped and pillaged all over the place because we're like exactly. we're gonna have it anyway. It doesn't matter. We're doing right. we're doing God's work. Versus you know you know uh, so so yeah that's uh. That was a really nice, just talk for today. Nice philosophical discussion for, for this Friday morning. Um, so uh, I was watching the Putin press conference in the bar the other day on the. Uh, I had I had to read it actually, because I was I had to go to Jersey to drop something off and I got lunch at a place and it just happened to be on the TV so I was reading along with him. I mean I'd have to read anyways because it was in Russian. Um, and and. I just want to say this. We can go into the greater discussion afterwards, but it's just the the of course the facility I was on had on Fox News. It just they had like ATVs. It just happened to two and two. I did see your post something. about yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it was literally like it, it ended. It went to them and their stu- there was like a pundit and like the host. I forget who the daytime host was. I forget her name. Um, the pundit was talking about normal stuff. It wasn't anything weird. But then it didn't take more than like three sentences for her to be like, and this is what makes Biden look weak yeah, by letting it. Putin go first. I'm like, Putin just spoke for 40 minutes. He walked out on a question when he was asked. Of, the last question was about, um, oh, what was it about? Cyber attacks? No, it wasn't about cyber attacks. I feel like it was about uh, um, opposition candidates or something it was it was something was it about navali i think so it was and he started doing this like he was talking about all these other things right he he like totally dodged the question and then that was the last question he walked out and like you're not talking about that you're not talking about the fact that he didn't answer a very poignant question about something very controversial and he just decided to like walk around it very in a very large way and just walk out the door. No, you're going to talk about how because we let Biden, Biden uh, because we let Putin go first, it makes Biden look weak because now at the Biden press conference, he's going to have to be talking about Putin the whole time. He should have been there at the same time and checking him as he was talking. Like, oh my God. No matter, they, obviously we know, no matter what scenario had happened, they would always right. sit, found something Come that on, Biden we, did wrong. We spent the past four years with the president of the United States that basically kissed Putin's ass. Let's be honest. Yeah. And they didn't care. They just don't say anything they that their viewers want to hear. They forget about. I, it, it, I mean, it, let's be let's be fair. A lot of you know, a lot of the liberal um, news stations kind of kind of do the same thing. But the difference is, this is always the difference between like your right wing media and your you know mainstream liberal quote unquote media. Is Fox News will sit there and literally just make up a narrative to lie to your face. Whereas, you know, your CNNs and your MSNBCs will just omit things they don't like. Right. That's the difference. And is either right? No. But that's a pretty stark contrast, though. Right? You're not 
I mean, like I said, you'll you have to really just like search out if you want to get some things that 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 you know your CNNs and your MSNBCs aren't talking about. But Fox News will just come out and just straight up like build a narrative based off of nothing, and then it becomes their viewers' reality. And that's that's where conservatism is kind of going. Oh, it's been going for the past thirty years since you know since cable news networks kind of came to prominence especially Fox News and, you know, even, you know, you had your, your Rush Limbaugh um, revolution in the 80s after the Fairness Doctrine got dropped. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of these conservative groups started propping up uh, right wing radio and, in you know, in very rural areas. And to just basically create a narrative that, man, it's a busy day. <laughs> you know, those sirens. Um and so, yeah, so just, just to create this narrative, and this is where we have this, like, disconnect between people, because it's sometimes, it really does feel like that people live in an alternate universe that, than, than we are. And it's it's really hard to get my head around sometimes, because it, it makes it makes discourse impossible. If, if, I'm, if I'm talking about something to somebody, and they just don't even believe in what I'm talking about, and I think it's reality, and they think their reality is reality... How do we come to how do we how do we come to an agreement? How do we even come to like some kind of understanding? Right. Well, and that's the that's the problem. We're living in literally two different realities, because one half of the media can just make up whatever, like you said, they just make up whatever they want to get their viewers to listen and stuff like that. And the other half is trying to tell the truth, even if they are manipulating that truth, they're still trying to stay with actual facts, even if they're you know guaranteed. Like I said, paying who you're listening to. You know, you can tell the truth and still cherry pick the truth. But that's a, there's a difference between that and just blatantly telling lies. Yeah, your mainstream media is, do, is, is doing what they do because they want, they want an audience, but they don't want to also compromise their um, credibility. Whereas, like, your Fox News, and, and even more so, I mean, Fox News now seems like, <laughs> seems like liberal media when you compare it to, like, Newsmax and OAN. Oh if, if you ever just put that on for like five minutes you'll your mind will like blow up you i know, saw a video on they'll have mike lindell on there talking about oh my god the pillow got oh my god voter voter fraud but you know even then they had to cut down a little bit because they kept getting sued but anyway yeah he, he has evidence though don't you know he, he's been having evidence for six months now since january 6th i think he's had evidence about this voter fraud and we're still waiting um arizona i mean we're talking about voter fraud that's that's becoming a huge mess over in arizona i'm i don't even know i don't even know what's going on over there anymore like they had to they had to shut the the county down for a little bit because of graduations and well it's just it's they're using and then they're you know they're taking the ballots and putting them in trucks and so far they have basically they they basically could do whatever and say whatever they want and people will just if they they need to believe it it's almost like it's almost like religious fanaticism isn't it it is and i think that's why a lot of evangelicals are conservatives especially as you see a lot of evangelicals go towards like just trumpism which is like a it's like a new sort of fascism Um, well also with evangelicalism it's kind of interesting because you end up with these mega churches right with one pastor and then because of that they basically listen to that one pastor will tell them and you know this will be one thing that protestant and catholicism and baptist has a little differently because we have you know local churches you know it's it's there's a there's a hierarchy yeah there's a there's a archbishop there's a local bishop then there's 
your local priest and you can you can go from one church to a different church in the same town and get a slightly different message because you get the homophobic church in one church and then go up the road and get a completely different viewpoint about it um based on the priest the evangelicals do seem to be all on on the same page yeah when you have well when you have one pastor preaching to four thousand five thousand people at a time for 20,000 people, it, depending yeah, on... those stadiums are like... Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Well, I mean, here on the East Coast, they're you like... You see some you know, of those big ones. Yeah, I mean, we don't have the... like they do we have some, down But we'd still have like 2,000-seat places yeah. here. But, yeah, you go out there and you have like a 30,000... So you have one pastor like talking to 30,000 people and they're preaching this one message and they're all gobbling up. If that person decides like, let's all support Trump, they're all going to do it. Yeah. I mean, not all, but you know, a large percentage... Versus if, like I said, if you had those same people divided amongst a hundred churches, you'd have a hundred different talking points and a hundred different things that, you know, think about instead of that one person. And that's, I think that's where evangelicalism really gets into trouble is you have too few people preaching and too many people listening. It's like the terrors of the telephone all over again. Sorry, that was a uh, old media studies reference. To when the telephone came out, there was a, I think it was a New Yorker article. It was a cartoon where you had one person talking to like a lot of people at once, and they were worried about the telephone would influence too many people from one location. That ended up being radio, obviously. But and now here we are, where too many people get influenced by one person because of media or whatnot. So it's it's and that's where really the sad state of affairs. Okay, let's end on a happy note because we're a little over an hour here. Yeah, we, that, that flew by today. Yeah, it really did. We had a lot of yeah, stuff to get off yeah. our chest. Woo. Much better much better than last week. We, I felt like we didn't have anything. We were dragging. We just kind of just just um, rambled for an hour, and all of a sudden it was an hour. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, have... I'm logged into one of my computers at work watching someone else logged into it do an install for me, so that's that's fun. That's fun. But apparently um, he was waiting for me to put in the, the, <laughs> the admin password, so I just put it in three times and then gave it to him. That's what the typing was while you were talking. Before we get to good news, I, um, I saw an email. <laughs> I like, have, oh. have you watched Loki yet? I have not watched Loki yet. Okay. It's, it's um, really good. I know. I just um, I, I know. When you I get haven't had it, the time. When you get around to it, we'll have a whole we'll have a whole episode dedicated to to Loki. Yay! Um, I know. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners love talk, when we talk about like Marvel properties. Because sure Marvel's awesome. I've just been playing a lot of Star Wars, so. Jedi Fallen. I've uh, been playing Jedi Fallen Order. Um, it takes a... place. It takes place a couple of years after the Purge. So, um, you play you play a Jedi called named Cal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I played. I played a little of that. I think yeah. I have it. I didn't get that far in it. I don't know. Oh, I I'm. Why. I am quite far into it at this point. Like so far, and we've gone to the base where they try to convert Jedi into Sith. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm far. Uh, yeah, no, I think I have. Yeah, I think I have that one. I just haven't really. Gotten it's a really cool really. story because it kind of it's like that. You know, it's one of those. It's like part of canon, and and what's really cool about it is, as you're playing it, um, because when it takes place, you meet people that you've seen in other uh, properties. Like, um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. Remember the uh, you you watched um, Rogue One, of course, right? Yes. The general who they go see in the middle of the desert at the end of his life, right before he gets Forrest Whitaker. Up. That's 
What's the actor? You know, the, what's the guy's name though? The I character. Don't know. I don't but know yeah, he, he's he's Forrest he, Whitaker. <laughs> you, you meet you meet him in it, in the game. That's cool. You meet Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, that's that's neat. I don't. You don't meet Forrest Whitaker because I don't think he does he's his a, voice. Forrest Whitaker is <laughs> is 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 a, is, a, is is in the Star Wars universe. Although I, I think at some point you hear um. Uh, oh wow! I can't think of his name now. Obi Wan's master. Qui Gon. Qui Gon. Like I think it's. Liam I think it's actually Liam Neeson. In the well, game. no, because because I'm like I'm like he. he I know the guy that he play like, as is was. Um, oh no, sorry, that wasn't the game. I was watching Clone Wars the other day. Oh. <laughs> um, it's 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 getting mixed in my head because there's an episode in season six, end of season six of Clone Wars, and. Qui Gon comes to talk to Yoda from from beyond, and it's actually Liam Neeson's voice. Like, it sounds I have like. a very special set of skills. He says, <laughs> um, "He, he kind of does." But no, I know, I know the 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 actor that did the the mocap for Fallen Order is the kid. I, I'm blanking on his name, but he played the Joker in Gotham. Oh, really? I think so. I think I did not. I did not know that. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure. These are the things that I like get in my head, and I'm like, I think that's true, but. I'm like not really sure because it's really not that important. But anyway, any any more good news? I know you had. Probably Wait, so that's another Jedi that plays the Joker because Mark Hamill also plays the Joker. <gasps> Jokerception. So we have we have two Jedi, we have a, we have which are scene. actually part of the Disney property now that are playing DC characters. Mark Hamill's amazing, isn't he? He's he really is. He's just a great person. He's just a good person. Yeah. Um. You know what he was really good in? Have you watched the the television show What We Do in the Shadows? No. Uh, that's a good show. I would check. I would. I, I recommend that. Check that no. out. Um, the, the movie was good too. The movie was a. I think like five years ago or six years ago now. But um, uh, they did a television show, and he had a, he had one episode in it where he played a vampire. It was really really good. But I don't want to. Oh well, okay. Oh, what we do? Oh, I know what you're. Yeah, the, um, I had, it's like a very long-running TV series. It's been out for two years. Two no, seasons. I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a different Shadows. Dark Shadows. Yeah, I was thinking Dark Shadows. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had to, so I had to find and rip copies of that for a class, and I was like, I want this episode, this episode, and this episode. I'm like, it is so hard to find these. Episodes. Yeah, that was a that that was a long-running series. Then they had the movie that didn't do that well with Johnny Depp. Right. Well, you know, let's let's again let's take a British show and try to make an American version out of it and fail. They tried to make an American Doctor Who at one point. Yes, um, I know Community spoofed that with a. Uh... Oh, that's right. <laughs> of course they did. Um, Simpsons yeah. did it. Oh, what else did they spoof? But um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Oh, they also did. Did you know they tried to do an, a version of the IT Crowd with Joe McHale? Oh my God! Really? Yeah. So Joel McHale played the. Um, no. Um, I can't. Oh man, blank on the names now. It's a perfect th- Moss. No. No, no, no. Moss. Guy. They actually brought, brought over Moss. Moss was coming over. It was uh, the other oh, guy. Blank on his name too, Richard. I don't know actors' names. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, he he was the only person who reprised his role, but uh, Joel McHale tried to play the the other guy who I can't remember his name, the Irish guy. No, that would not work. Mike, oh, I mean, Michael Dodd is that? Anyway. Yes, Dowd. Michael Dowd. Dowd. And uh, yeah, it didn't. It did, the pilot wasn't that good, apparently. Um, I think you might be able to find the pilot on YouTube. I'm gonna find something that shows she knows nothing about computers whatsoever. Give it a minute. Ah, there. 
once in a while I'll just put it on. I, like I've watched it ten times already. Yeah, I mean, there's not. What is there? Like four, three, seasons. three seasons. Three seasons. It's like, it's like three seasons. And that's 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 that's. And the, they're not, and they're not that's the good and bad seasons, thing about British yeah. television. There's like seasons are like six episodes. Well, I, I love the fact that British... Okay, we got to end on this. But this is one thing I love about British TV is they're not afraid to like, hey, let's just make a show for three years and stop. Like, we don't have to make a Friends or a Big Bang Theory or a Cheers. Like, we don't need 26 episodes for 10 years. Yeah. We can be perfectly happy making a TV series that has six episodes over three years and be done if look at sherlock yeah, sherlock if, you're has... fan, if you're if you're a fan of british television um you can you can find these episodes on on youtube um it's a show called goggle box me and my wife love it my wife of course is, is british i think we talked about that before well um, her accent gives it well um and you know she's 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 the biggest fan of the show because i know i know she's the she's the only one that i know that actually listens every week oh. um i don't know if your wife does or not. my wife but... is behind she has admitted that but oh, no no because usually she talks on the phone. Waves on last episode, I think. So, so, you know, our biggest fan. Way behind. Thanks. Shout out to our biggest fan. But anyway, um, Gogglebox. uh, You can find episodes on YouTube that are basically pirated. But um, it's basically British people sitting down watching British television shows, and it's kind of like a watch along. And is it's it's just really funny. So, check check that out if you if you're into British television. Check it out. Um, Cool. Yeah. So, box. was there something else that you want to talk about before? No, I think we ca- I think we got everything. I mean, I mean, I really want to say you were saying something about good news before we talked about Star Wars. Oh, I, it's so long. It though, I don't know. That's fine. Oh, I say let's talk about good. Like, just talk about something that's not depressing. Something that yeah. Yeah. So we we did and that. We did. I think. So and, we hope and, you enjoyed. We hope you enjoyed this, the the non depressing stuff. And and we I'm also hoping hope you enjoyed the depressing stuff. I'm hoping we can all go see at Marty at my Hardy Brand over in August. And, yeah, and Northeast Northeast. Wrestling is bringing back Matt Hardy um, and the and the private party. Who Matt? Let's talk about. I don't like to talk about um, like inside I, wrestling too much because I don't. I hate name dropping. Well, we're like not talking about like inside. We're just talking about there's actually a show coming up. It's like, no, but I'm going to do a little bit of name dropping right now. Okay, we'll just, I just want to mention it. like how cool Matt Hardy is because Matt, <laughs> Matt Matt Hardy. We were at a show. <clears throat> this is this is just how cool he, he actually introduced himself to uh, to my wife. Like, hi, I'm Matt. Like, dude, like everybody knows who you are. Like, you were on WWF television for how many years? Like, when it was at the most popular. And so, like, you know, she knew who he was. But you know, he's just nice enough guy to actually come up and like unprovoked and introduce himself. And I just think that's 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 pretty cool. That just kind of speaks to how 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 cool he is. Yeah, I mean, I I can tell you like him because your cover photo on Facebook is him biting your hand. Yeah, it's just a cool picture. Awesome. That was cool. That was, uh, I didn't know he was going to do that. To be honest, that's when he was doing his uh, his broken broken. I was going to say that looked like it was broken at that point. He actually he wrestled Vinny Marcellia that night. It was in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I remember. Um, he wrestled Vinny Marcellia, pretty good match. And afterwards, I raise his hand, and he just takes it and starts biting it. <laughs> good guy though. That's I funny. Like Matt, Matt Hardy's one of those guys, like in wrestling. You're like, this is this is a, this is a cool guy. This is a good guy. I like him. Yeah. You know, it'd be funny if like, I'm not gonna say we're best friends. You know, I'm not no. gonna say like, like I know, like, you know. You know how you know, you know how in the the company's tour they always bring in like local wrestlers for jobbers and stuff or, or enhancement talent. Yeah, that's what that's what? that was my favorite thing about like Ryback was when Ryback was was popular doing this doing the squash matches. It was like whenever they're in the Northeast, I was like, oh, who's Ryback gonna wrestle tonight? Like, who do I know? Well, why don't they do that with refs? Bring in a squash ref. <laughs> you get squashed. 
What's the point? <laughs> well, no, yeah, we'll just like bring in a local ref for like one match. I don't know. It'd be funny. Well, you, you say that, and I, we're getting we're running too long. This is this is pointless. Yeah, sorry. But this is a little insider <laughs> information. Like back in the day, because um, you used used to have to have in New York. There's still some states where you need like to be licensed to wrestle and referee. Oh yes. But in New York, you used to used to have to have a license. And so what the WWE would do is, as long as one referee was licensed, like anyone could ref. So oh. <laughs> they would bring they would bring in somebody to the show and basically have him sit in the locker room, and he was the licensed ref. So you, you, if it was like you, you just get paid to sit there yeah, as the licensed. This is ref. before. This is before my time, but yeah. right. But I was saying, like, so if you were licensed, and maybe ref, they'll maybe they'll give you a dark match or something, but yeah. And they pay you a couple hundred bucks to sit there in the locker yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. They, yeah, they give you a couple hundred bucks to basically sit there all night. So hey, you know what? That's a pretty good. Not deal. a bad job. You get to hang out, get fed, <laughs> get paid a yeah. couple hundred bucks to be the licensed guy. Craft services. Well, hey, I hope everyone enjoyed this long episode. Um, yeah, bonus bonus features today. Bonus, we bonus features. We got some energy. Um, and and please tell your friends, leave a review. Yeah. Follow me some on... some topic ideas. F- uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel at Just Another Guy Talking About Stuff. You can find that on YouTube. Um, I like plugging that, even though I don't know if anyone really cares. But, you know, that's cool. Thanks. I got um, nothing email coming us out at, right now. Email G- us at gzillennial at gmail.com. Yep. Um, we'd love to hear from you because we do you even check do you check you do check the emails? Right? I do. Like it's not, right. it's not like I'm a little sometimes a little worried that like we have a bunch of emails and like we need to check You know, it's like a savings account. You gotta let it build up and then yeah, just I don't get I don't have, I don't have access to it. But, well that's true. I forget what the password is right now, so you're the admin. I'll <laughs> it, grab it. It's just it's currently signed into my browser. If I sign out I'm gonna be like and time to reset. We're gonna lose it. We're gonna lose everything. That's not the point. We can yeah, email us again. We, we we need to hear from people. We would love to hear from people. We you know what do, what do you want to hear? What do you want? What do you want think, us to talk about? I think Vinny's getting lonely. I am. I, I get you know. That's not true. But right. hey, well until next until next week. Thanks for listening. See you.